One of the most magical experiences I've had in making folk on foot was standing in the snow near Loch Ness, listening to Julie Fowlis speaking this poem or spell. Snow here. Snow here whitens as the year turns dark. Night rises, rain falls as sleet on higher ground. On moors, by tors, in peat, hair hunkers into form, weathers what would kill you without fight. Hair, walking, is graceless lollop, awkward piston, awkward shunt. Running, hair smooth, sudden into speed, flows over each quick arc, a mark of hair, a sign of hope. Julie's one of eight folk artists who've teamed up to compose and perform spell songs inspired by the beautiful Lost Words book created by the artist Jackie Morris and the writer Robert McFarlane. Others taking part who've also appeared on Folk on Foot include Corrine Polwart and Kerry Andrew. We started this podcast to celebrate the natural world, the joys of conversation and companionship, and music that resonates powerfully with a sense of place. In the Lost Words Spell Songs, we sensed kindred spirits, and we wanted to bring you a special edition of Folk on Foot about that project. So we've come to Pembrokeshire in the far west of Wales to walk with Jackie Morris in the landscape that inspires her extraordinary paintings and to hear from the cellist, singer and ukulele player Beth Porter more about the musical collaboration behind the spell songs. We'll also hear from Julie Fowlis and Kerry Andrew. We've driven out of the city of St. David's, which is the smallest city in the UK, and we've just come up a track to a little group of cottages, and there are three clues that we might have arrived at the right place. First of all, there's a great big black van with the words, the Lost Words Spell Songs, stenciled on the front of it. Second, there's another vehicle with a load of musical instruments in the back. And third, over this cottage, there's a kind of weather vane in the shape of somebody riding a bear. That might well be where Jackie lives. Best husband Ben's here as well. And what's the name of the baby? This is Molly. Hello, Molly.
What should we do? It's, it's going to be all right well, till lunchtime, isn't it? I think we should walk first because it's been so changeable. Yeah. But while it's not raining, it's a good time to, to walk. Go out. Yeah. yeah. But where would you and like to take us? Well, if you look up there, we can walk up through the fields. Slight jeopardy, herd of horses. Right. Um, and on the rock at the top up there, amazing view, and that's where I go to write. Oh, that would be wonderful. So, yeah, yeah it'd be wonderful. And, to do and that. also, then if it's windy, there's usually somewhere where you can get in the lee. Look, there's a buzzard just going by. Oh wow! Being mobbed. Oh wow! Oh yes. Yeah. You get lots of bird life here, don't you? Yeah, we had a good fly past of a raven when Beth arrived. It yes, was amazing. especially for us. Oh, really? And it was Wonderful. rolling and cawing and everything. It was uh -huh. great. Do you want to come okay, in? Okay, so minute? yeah, let's let's get ready to go. Hi, in. Ivy. In. Cats go where they want. Lovely. Cottage. Strange, small. No, 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 no. It just feels really dirty. welcoming. Well, I've, I've been here for 27 years, which is long enough to make quite a mess. <laughs> but it's so snug, and the, the beam yeah, ceilings yeah. and the low. low lighting is gorgeous. I had it especially designed. I've got a friend who's six foot four, and he can't stand up in here. Yep. So, right. But yeah. you like the low ceilings? I mean, it gets even lower upstairs Does in it? my studio. Yeah, Wonderful. it's really kind of... Do you want to come and have a look at this space you're going to be working in if you come up to my studio? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. And can the last ones through shut the door? Right. Because cats aren't allowed in. What's dogs. I wanted a studio. The architect who came was very tall and he said there's not enough space and I went just look, just look at the height of me. <laughs> there's plenty of um, space between you and the it's, ceiling. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and, and everywhere's covered with, oh, there's a hair. Is there hair here? Natalie, there's a hair. There's a hair here. Here, hair. Yeah. Hair, here. A, a, a genuine stuffed hair, is it? It is, yeah. yeah. I didn't kill it. And then two. This is a badger. Skull. And that's a fox skull. Right. And this is a barn owl. Yes. And, and there's a very dirty robin. Needs a cleaning. robin in a glass case. Oh, this is my duck. He likes to live in a cage. Oh, yes, a duck in and a cage. this came from Booth's bookshop. Yeah. I did um, an event there and um, they gave me a heron. So if you do an event... Oh, there's a heron in a glass case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, this and is, an owl. Yeah. And a stuffed owl. And, stuffed and are these the all inspiration? Yeah, well, they're, they're very good at sitting still when I'm working. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to practice drawing, they're amazing because they just don't move. Mm. Apart from when I go downstairs at night. Do you think they, they sometimes all, come to life yeah, and enjoy themselves everywhere. in here? And my yeah. parents wouldn't let me stick things on the walls when I was a child, so now I just put stuff everywhere. Yes, there's pictures and postcards yeah. and letters and images. Odd, odd things. Can we wander in? So if we go further down the other end, there are books piled everywhere. Oh, there's a fox. And then we can see your brushes and paints. Well, this is where I paint. On your bench, yeah. right by the window, so I you've got better light here. I the floor so there's about two inches more height. <laughs> so, but um, this, this bit of chaos is where I paint. 
And you've got the most amazing view. I have, Can you yeah. see the sea through You can see the here? cathedral, you can see the sea all around there. But when the builders were putting the windows in, they tried to put three this side, and I was going, no, 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 that's what I love. The other looking side, up, looking this, up the hill. This is where we're going to go, up up there to that rock this is a rocky on the outcrop top. There, isn't it? And that's where I go to write. And that was the view that I wanted. You've got a copy of The Lost Words down here, I see. I've got a few knocking around here. Yeah. My favourite ones are... I think this might be one of them here. Oh, that's one without the words on yeah, the front. they got lost. <laughs> <laughs> the words Isn't that lost just wonderful? just your beautiful birds? So no, no Robert McFarlane. No, 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 no. Is it one with just the illustrations inside? No, right? sadly, <laughs> sadly, we had to keep his words. They, you know, they're quite lovely. But, um, two or three just showed up where it's the end of a line when they run out of foil. And two or three had turned up in shops, and I was trying to buy all the ones that had no, nothing on. So it's like a, a, a postage stamp that's been come out without the Queen's head yes. on, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I just drawn in one and um, sold it for one of the crowdfunders. You know, all the people who crowdfund. Well, there's but... a lot of this crowdfunding going on to I get know. the book into schools and hospices yeah. and things yeah. like that. And you've been selling the pictures to, to I've help been, that to happen. I've been inking otters and then people also, they just give money to these campaigns to get the book into schools. It's just amazing. Why do you think it struck such a chord? I think it's the same reason that the Spell Songs has, actually. I think so much of life at the moment, when we hear people talk about things, there's an absolute lack of integrity. And I think... Lost Words, for both myself and Robert, it was a real song of hope, a real trying to turn attention to what really matters. And I think with spell songs, you know, <laughs> you turn on the radio and I don't even want to say the word Brexit, but you have to. And all you're getting is self-interest, game-playing, egos... And then you get this group of musicians who are singing their heart and soul out to people. And it's all about integrity, I think. Why people have picked up just this one book to crowdfund into schools, I don't know, but... It could be something to do with the beauty of it. Because, of the, you know, I, mean, I don't want to, you know, put words into your mouth, but it is very beautiful. I see, I think we could do better. Do you? And we're just starting work on another book that I can't talk about. Right. So having practised... I, I felt like my whole working life before this one was like an apprenticeship to this. And now I feel like that was practising for the next one. Right. So, How did it start? Did you get in touch with Rob? <coughs> yeah. Yeah, I just wrote to him. And, um, wh and why did you write to him? Uh, I wrote to him because I'd been asked to sign a letter that was addressed to the Oxford Junior Dictionary. They'd, in their latest edition, which is 2007, it's quite a long time ago, they'd made editorial decisions to take out about 50 nature words, really common nature words. Um, like bluebell. Like bluebell, like acorn, like adder, conker. Oh, my word, how I used to fill my hat with conkers when I was a child, and I still do it. I still run around doing it now. And it seemed so wrong. And they were being replaced by words like, blog. like emoji and chat room. Yeah, and chat that room, kind of chat room, blog. Presumably because the dictionary compilers MP3 thought player. that... 
that's what children were talking about. Yes. And were the, those were the words yeah. that they and, might and want yeah, to use. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, they do need to know about things like that. But they also, how, how do you teach a child that if developers come to build on a wood and there are bluebells there, that possibly these bluebells are really important when they don't know the word? And this is what I found when I started working in schools with the book. And I would sit in a classroom of 32 children and you'd say, who knows what a wren is? And not one child would put their hand up. They didn't know what a dandelion was because nobody had taught them because people just take these common things for granted and nobody teaches them. And that that's where the absence was. It kind of rips at your heart a little bit because that means they've never seen that little bird flick through a hedge. They've never heard that song because it's not in their consciousness. When Wren whirs from stone to furze, the world around her slows. For Wren is quick, so quick, she blurs the air through which she flows. Yes. Rapid Wren is needle, Rapid Wren is pin, and Wren's song is sharp song, briar song, thorn song, and Wren's flight is dart flight, flick flight, light flight, yes. touch with Robert yeah what was his initial reaction um very busy thank you for your email I'll get back to you and, uh, but how did it come to fruition in the end two weeks later he'd done something very rare for a McFarlane he'd been to a publishing party and um somebody had said to him if you ever are interested in doing a children's book we would be interested in publishing it and he got back in touch and said do you know I think we do you think we could do something? Because I'd only asked him to write a foreword to a book. And um, my heart kind of sank into my boots because I didn't want to do a children's book. I just wanted to do a book. But, I, you know, I thought I'd give him a chance. He's quite good at writing. You might get See how it goes. It. And so it was conversations and email. So would you send pictures to him and Most, send poems Mostly to you? I waited for these... Well, he's, when he started writing... When we started trying to shape it, 
It was a very different thing. And at one point I said to him, you know, there's a problem when adult writers write for children. They change their voice, they write down. And I said, just don't do that because you've got a really beautiful voice and kids will step up to it. And then I thought, oh, I just told Robert McFarlane how to write. <laughs> That's probably not, not my best look. Well, it's good advice, though. <laughs> but he advice. said it just clicked something, and then that's when he started doing the acrostics, which are spells, which are spelling, and there's all these kind of links, and he's very clever. And, and he calls them spells, not poems. He calls them spells because he's scared of being um, called a poet. But yeah. also perhaps because they conjure up. When you turn the page, you see your wonderful picture yeah. as if the spell um, has conjured up the animal. This is my, my very tatty, battered first edition. That's covered in ink and um, slightly dog-eared. But there's a little boy called um, Otto, who is Anna Ridley's son, and he believes that how it works you have this first page, which is an absence. And in it are what critics call um, a random scattering of letters, but it's actually the alphabet. So there's only 26 of them. Right. Um, and then he thinks that if you touch the letters, otter, and spell it, then it makes the next page be. And then when you read the spell, that makes the next page be. Literally... We hadn't even thought of that when we were doing it. But it does link like that, and it does yeah. feel as though the words have magically made the animal appear. Yeah. So, yeah. so Jackie, let's go for the walk while the weather holds and, yeah, and go up the hill. Yeah, is it still? Let's have a look. Um, it looks okay. I think we'll be all right. I'd also like to get Beth to sing a song for us. So we come outside the cottage now, and Beth and Ben have got their instruments out and they're sitting down on a bench. So you mentioned the Bookshop Band. What's the idea behind the Bookshop Band? Well, the Bookshop Band started off in a little bookshop in Bath called Mr B's Emporium of Reading Delights. And uh, Nick Bottomley, who ran that bookshop, had this idea that he wanted to make the author events a little bit more exciting somehow. So he asked if we would play some music at these author events and he got in touch with Ben and Ben decided that instead of just playing covers we would try and write music for these author events and that slowly turned into us writing songs inspired by the books that the authors were coming to talk about. And now you live in Wigtown, yes. which is Scotland's town of bookshops, a it small is. town with loads of bookshops in yes, it, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, yes. Did got... you move there because of the bookshop band? We discovered it because of the bookshop band. About four years ago we had a gig cancelled up near Penrith somewhere and we were looking for other bookshops in the area and when we looked it up it just went dot 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 and there was loads in this particular place and we'd never heard of Wigtown before and we just fell in love with the place and in the end when I found out I was pregnant with Molly we decided why not, let's just move up and it's such a beautiful, beautiful spot. So what are you going to play for us now? We're going to play a song called Room for Three, which is inspired by Philip Pullman's Book of Dust, the first book being La Belle Sauvage of this trilogy. And we played this for the launch of the book um, back in 2017. That's right, October 2017. And it's 
it's kind of inspired partly by being a new mother and Lyra, who's the main character in Philip Pullman's other books, His Dark Materials. She is actually a baby in this book, so um, it kind of felt like she was about six months old and Molly, our baby, was about six months old when I was reading it and I was feeding her and reading the book and felt a real connection with this little character. But then there's another character called Malcolm who is a little boy who has this boat called La Belle Sauvage and he lives in a pub with his parents and he takes his boat out on the water from time to time but it comes in really handy when these waters start rising and things start changing and worlds start shifting and he has to take these passengers into this boat. So yeah, the song is Room for Three. Thank you. 
So I want to talk to you, Jackie, about how the book mm. became a music project. How did that transformation um, occur? I think, like everything about the book, it's all been quite organic in a way. So we went to do Hay Winter Festival, which was a beautiful festival to do. And um, there was a lady called Caroline Slough in the audience. And, 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 and Caroline she, was Caroline, fed by the oak. She's fed by the oak. We didn't know. She'd just come along um, to see what was happening. Um, and Rob had sent out some of the spells to various people, one of whom was Kerry Andrew, who hadn't just spoken it. She'd wrapped it in music. And it was the Wren song. Absolutely it? beautiful, the Wren song. And we were using it with a film of me painting a Wren and Rob writing the Wren spell at the start of all our events. And she went home, having cried a bit at the event. Uh, Rob read Lark, that always gets everyone in tears. And just suggested to her husband that she thought she'd found her new project. This is Caroline, yeah. Yeah, so together, her and Adam are folk by the oak, but they also have done various different um, combinations of... Um, uh, they did a, a thing called Sweet Liberty, which uh -huh. was about sugar. This is my neighbour's dogs. Hi, Jan! Through the Hello. gate. <laughs> This is Ivy's special place. Ivy's now got a, found a hole in the ditch here. <laughs> I think is there it, a rabbit in there, I do you think? I don't know. I mean, it looks like badgers, doesn't it? It's so big. Oh, yeah, quite a big hole, yeah. And uh, we have company. We've got the cat coming with us as well. Does coming. the cat often come on a walk? Likes to, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, um, he's a good cat. OK, you. She, um, on the other hand, is not a good dog. And she runs off sometimes. OK, well, we'll keep a close yeah. eye <laughs> So, where, so where Caroline and Adam from yeah. Folk by the Oak said, why don't we make this into a project? Yes, so they contacted our agent and put forward a proposal and then started to gather the musicians. And um, Corrine had already been in touch with Rob about maybe working with the book somehow and other musicians as well, some from classical, some folk. But they, I think what they did was they curated the most remarkable group together. The idea being that we'd have this residency at Monnington where the music would be made. Where's Monnington? Monnington is near Hay. Right. Herefordshire. There's a house, house. there, is there? Yeah, yeah. Big, beautiful house. I'm gonna, I want to bring Beth in, because... Yeah. Beth, how did you hear about it? First of all, how did you hear about the book? Did you, did you know about the book before the project? I did know about the book because we had been given a present the Christmas before, um, so Christmas 2017, we'd been given the book by some family members, members and thought it was the most beautiful, beautiful thing. <laughs> she has to say that. <laughs> right oh, well, Jackie's her. here, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I really did. And obviously didn't get to know the book as well as we did when we went to Monnington House and started working with the, with the words. But when you were approached to take part, did you think... Wow, that's a great idea, or did you, were you hesitant? Or I think because we do so much stuff with the bookshop band with books, we've, we're so used to reading books and using books as literature. What we're not used to is, is <laughs> responding to the art so yeah. much, so that was a bit of a different 
thing for us to do, but what I did feel was quite intimidated or quite like daunted by the fact I was going to be working with Kareem Polwart and Chris Drever <laughs> and Julie Fowlers. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris is so much, he's about I twice know. the size of when me. When Chris yes. looks at you, you kind yeah. of hear their insides sometimes. Oh. He's a big if chap, he, isn't if he? If he's done something wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Tech and Kater and, and Rachel. Yes. Newton. Newton and Kerry and you, who I and Jim Molyneux, we should mention yeah. as well. Jim Molyneux, what so a band! It was incredible, and I, I knew some of them. I didn't know all of them, but it was. <laughs> but I bet they were all nervous. Yeah, I bet they were yeah. all nervous when they all we, got together all for the first time. And I, I were so. as well, you know, because we, we were meeting some of our heroes. People um, you'd listened to their music for years, presumably, well, Jackie. Well, a lot you? of my work has been made over time listening to this band called the Bookshop Band, <laughs> which is amazing. And a lot of Lost Words was done listening to Kareem. Julie, I didn't know so so well, but goodness me. What a voice. What yes. a voice. Yeah, what a voice. And a whole new language as well. Not a oh. new language, an old, old, old language yeah. yes. coming yeah. to be part yeah. of it. And because, you know, being in Wales, my only slight sadness is that... Uh, there's not Welsh language in there yet. I don't speak Welsh, but I love it. Yeah. I think we need to get through the gate before... There's a before. donkey coming towards oh, us. Yeah, he's called Elvis. Elvis the donkey? <laughs> I'm afraid so. <laughs> um, and there's several horses in, here, in this so field as well. So we're walking through this field with these several horses and this and donkey. Is that a pig over there? Pigs, yeah. Right, OK. Two pigs and some horses. So, so. will they mind us going through their field? Hello. We'll let you lead the way, Jackie. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Bravely put, sir. Bravely. <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to say that there's an amazing view opening up to our left here because come we've come up a, an incline up the hill and we can see the sea now away to our left. Um, and an outcrop of rock we're making for is away to the right. Uh, but it's, and it's blowing a bit of a breeze, there's but the sun's out. Hello. Hello, Elvis. The ravens are doing this beautiful thing at the moment because it's mating time. Um, they fly upside down. They do this tipping dance where they, they call and they just flip on their backs. So we might get a bit of that. Well, that would be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, you. There's an ivy covered. Well, there's ivy lichen. on this side. Yeah. Lichen. There's ivy on the front and moss. Moss covered rock so here. Lichen or lichen? Lichen or lichen. You say tomato, I say tomato. Yeah, I'm a lichen tomato. woman. Yeah. Um, and it looks almost man-made, doesn't it? It looks yeah. as though somebody's plonked it in the middle yeah. of the landscape. But it, it, what I was told about this rock is that it was a place of sanctuary. So if you look all around now, you can see this is just an arm of land that sticks out into the sea and it was often raided because St David's Cathedral would have gold and things like that um, but before that time when there were just hut circles here which you can still see the makings of people would bring all their animals and precious people put them up here and there's walls just all the way around um, and, and I suppose it's hit from the raiders. yeah it's defensible and you can see who's coming um, which is why I like writing up here. 
So you come up here and sit. <laughs> I come up here and, and sit and think. Well, I, I say that I'm going to come up and sit and write, and then I have to think, and then I shut my eyes, and then a bit later on I wake up. <laughs> it's all part of my job. Yes. Yeah, Allowing those dreams to percolate you know, through your mind. It's taken me years to realise, because of the family that I come from, where you know drawing is not real work, and I used to think I was only working when I was actually at the paper face making marks. But actually, the place where you do your real work is while you're sitting on the hill with your eyes shut, thinking and letting things come in. So, yeah. not, I can't think of a better place to do it than oh. up here. Look, 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 raven. Oh, there's a raven. So close. The rock belongs to them, really. Do a little flip, go on. Yay! It is actually, as you can see, a remote control raven. Do another one, come on. Another one, please. It's my special remote control raven. There we go. Yes! That is fantastic. Just flips on his back and then flips up again. There's two times of the year they're just amazing. One is when they're courting, the other is when the youngsters fledge. And they just get that utter delight in realising that they can fly and, and they just fly for the sheer hell of it. I know you made some paintings of the Spellsong artists and yeah. you made Chris Drever into Chris a raven, Drever, didn't raven. you? He has looked at you, hasn't he? When he looks at you... Dark eyes. Yeah, tall, dark and handsome, Beard. but fierce and fierce intellect and it just seemed to be without question he just jumped out as a raven. What did you do for Beth? <laughs> Beth found her own birds, really. The problem with Beth was that she kept being a wren, and Karina's a wren, and I didn't want to do two the same, but then when she started singing Goldfinch, she just became a whole charm of them, yeah. So Goldfinch isn't in the Lost Words book. Robert and Jackie shared some other spells with us that hadn't yet made it into a book. And one of these was the Goldfinch, which I think was, um, was actually written around the time of his grandmother's death. Wigtown, which is on the southwest coast of Scotland, and we moved there just before my daughter Molly was born. In May, she was due in the 5th of May, and she didn't arrive till the 20th of May. But in that time, we did a lot of walking, and there's a beautiful walk that goes down past a place called the Martyr's Stake. It's a beautiful marshland, and there's um, a big conservation area there. And anyway, I saw along this walk many goldfinch, um, charm of goldfinches, which I didn't know that was a thing at the time. But That's the collective noun. Yes, yes, yeah. the charm yeah. of goldfinches. And so when I read the poem, it really reminded me of the time that Molly, just before Molly was born, which was quite interesting that, you know, there's a, there a death and a birth in that story. And so I decided to, to write it a little bit about 
that walk, but also using the words of, of Robert's spell. So just to be clear about the process that a lot mm -hmm. of the, the artists went through, a lot of you, you artists went through, was you didn't set the spells to music. You used the spells as an inspiration yeah, sometimes. A, yeah, a mixture. I think some of them are absolutely you know, word for word, and some of them needed a bit of shifting into a song form, and some of them we took other words that, you know, the, the, the spells inspired um, something else to come out. But in this one, the chorus is most definitely the words from the spell, which are charm on, goldfinch charm on, heaven help us when all your gold is gone. Spring tide high, redhead you fly, in and out of sight. Little gifts of light Tracks forever change And the season fades Goodbye to the sun Goodbye golden one Charm on goldfinch charm Let's head on up right to the top of this outcrop of rock because actually the sky's cleared and the sun's come out now and the sky is bright blue. So we'll climb up through the gorse and these outcrops of rock and I bet there's an amazing view right at the top. Let's go and see what we can see.
So we've got gannets, look, up to see there, very bright white. And we're sitting right on the top of the rock now, looking yeah. down steeply to the sea, which stretches out forever. You can see Ireland, you said? Yeah, on a very clear day, you can see all the way across to the Wicklow Mountains and also up to Bardsey Island, up North Wales. Just uh, as, It's not very often, but needs to be really clear. There's a headland there, um, it's called the Gessile, the bit that goes in, which I think is Welsh for armpit, but I'm not sure. And the sea really churns around on the end of it. There's, quite often there's gannets there and underneath there'll be porpoise just feeding. When I bought the house, I didn't realise that all this was up here. And we came up on the first day, I think it was May, it was a beautiful evening. And um, basically it is a ridge of volcanic rock with these little plugs that are left sticking up. There's always shelter up here. And if you look down to the south, the rock there is called Conchlidi, but there's three little rocks in an arm that come down from there as well, which we used to call fox rocks because I found a dead fox there once. And then if you go up the coast, the other way towards the north, you've got Penberry, which is where falcons nest. But if you go straight down, down the steep path to the cliffs, every July, the seals start to gather and um, First of all, you get the odd bull seal and then the females swim in, they're really huge and they give birth to their cubs, pups on the beach. And uh, in six weeks, they're fully fledged and in the water swimming. I think seals have got it right myself. Do you dream of the selkies? Yeah, I found selkie stories here, um, very much so. I, one of the first books I wrote was called The Seal Children. And it was about a woman from the sea who marries a farmer who lives in the old village that's just over there. We can see the old ruins, um, just the gable ends stand now. So that was wonderful because that um, I would work all day on this book and then I could come out and just wander the land and go and sit and draw the seals and all the wildlife was there. And almost, I think the next but one book I did was about dragons and that was kind of harder to find your actual specimens <laughs> yes, to paint. So they're not in the landscape much, No, but sometimes if you lie on the hill up here and shut your eyes, start to dream, you hear this whir of wings go overhead, but you're always just too late. When you open your eyes, they've gone. I think, Jackie, this is the first time on Folk and Port that we've ever interviewed a cat. And he's definitely making his presence felt, leaping around us on the rock. And he is rather beautiful, markings. On, on his coat are really gorgeous. He's very beautiful. He's Bengal, um, a snow Bengal from North Wales. <laughs> Occasionally quite vocal. And uh, he does love to walk, but he's got a bad leg, but he still loves to come walking with us. Uh, um, Beth was singing about goldfinches, and gold seems to me to be an important thing in your work because there's a lot of gold in the lost words. Yes, a lot of gold leaf. Yes. I've been using it quite a lot in my work for a long time. And my original idea for the lost words was just to take the words that had been taken out of the dictionary and do a very simple book, which was just an icon on one side of the acorn and then the dictionary definition on the other. Uh, what I wanted to do was take these beautiful natural things and make of them icons. Because for me, what is sacred in the world is life and natural life. I think 
somehow, I don't know how it's happened, we seem to, as a species, kind of divorced ourselves from the natural world. We see ourselves as outside of nature. You know, I'm, I'm not inspired by nature. I am nature, part of it. You said that you made the different musicians into birds. Did you make Robert McFarlane into an animal or a bird? Well, I did, yes. Um, when, when they spoke of um, having an introduction to the book, we very much didn't want to have an explanation. It is a puzzle book. You do find the words in the alphabet. Rob's introduction is beautiful. And I said, to go along with his introduction, I wanted to do a portrait of him. And they said, oh, no, no, we don't want any humans in the book which I thought was funny because that's what I'd said right at the beginning. The, the only human in the book is the person holding it. But I've always seen him as a hare, mountain hare. He's a man of the mountains, he loves the mountains. And I said, just, just let me do it. So I painted this picture of a hare and it does look a bit like him, I think. Because he's very tall and, and stringy, isn't he? Yeah, and, yeah. And lolloping gait. Yeah, I quite often think we're a bit like Laurel and Hardy, only different. <laughs> And, and Julie Fowlis told us this story when we were with her on the shores of Loch Ness in the snow. Yeah. And she said that that image and a new spell about the snow hair mm. had inspired her and Kareem to write a song, which she sang for us in the snow. Yes. Which is so beautiful. Yeah. And originally they sang, because I think with cats people do it as well, but um, hares are usually she in songs, and they they sang her as a she. And then I said... Um, you know, I, I didn't want to influence the music too much. But I just knew when they started singing it, everything about that song is Robert. He, he does stand out. He stands out in his field of literature, I think, vulnerable and sings out his soul to the world. And some people get what he says and other people don't. I think that hair song says so much about him. for the veil of snow to come. 
talking about you coming on stage during the performance oh, to create the otters. Well, tell us about the experience from your perspective. What can I say? Um, I think the first thing I should say is that actually working with Spell Songs has been the best work of my working life. But all of January, I was beside myself with worry as to how on earth me doodling otters on stage was going to fit in with this amazing show with these incredible musicians. I became an illustrator because I like painting, not because I want to be a showman. Well, your I, work is solitary. Yes, solitary. It's work that you do on your own yeah. in, in the studio or up here on the hill. I need to be alone to think. Um, I've, I live in a place where there are not many people around. But I've done a lot of literature festivals and, you know, I've, I've done that, but this was something else. A bit different on the stage of the festival hall yeah. in front of those yeah. musicians. It's, it's not, I didn't want to let them down, that was one thing. Just wondering whether you might, if we climbed down the hill and went back to your studio, yeah. might you create a, a yeah. painting for us and might Beth perhaps be... I was going to say I can only do it if Beth plays the cello as well while I'm doing it. Would you play, for well, for, would you play it. the cello for us, Beth? I need, I need oh, some... I yeah. <laughs> if we insist. I need some ottering music. Yeah. So we're back in the studio looking out on that view through the window and you're grinding away there. What are you doing? I'm uh, making the ink for painting the otter. It's a really, really ancient form of illustration. There are these ink sticks which travelling scribes used to use. Like solid ink, this is made of pine soot resin. And if you smell it, it smells. Oh, yeah. It's got it a kind of, of incense. Yeah. So in the summer when I'm doing this, because I spend quite a lot of time just grinding ink, uh, mixing it with river water, and the whole studio fills up with the scent of it. It's wonderful. I have to speak um, Robert McFollin's otter spell while I'm painting. And even when I am here on my own, doodling away with otters, I'm still muttering it under my breath. It's part of the process now. OK, do you want to start doing a bit of music? Mm -hmm. OK, we can do this, can't we? So I usually start, even on stage, by going, I can do this. So the thing about the lost words is each of the species has uh, three spreads per species. And the first thing is an absence. And that was the hardest thing to paint. If you can imagine trying to paint the absence of an otter, how do you do it? How do you find a way to do that? And the way that I found to do it was by painting a bubble skein which is the breath of an otter trapped in bubbles. So, and then the designer scattered across that 26 letters of the alphabet, which is where our written language lives. 26 letters that make up all those beautiful characters, all those places that we love. And in amongst it, are the letters for otter and they're highlit in a different colour. And then the next page is Robert McFarlane's acrostic 
spell to spell the otter back into being. <clears throat> so that's what I'm going to try and do now for you. And it begins. Otter enters a river without falter. What a supple slider out of halt and into water. This shape shifter is a sheer breath taker and a sure heart stopper. But you'll only ever spot a shadow flutter, a bubble stain, and never, almost never, actual otter. The swift swimmer is a silver miner. With trout, it's oar, it bores. Each black pool, deep and deeper, delves up current, steep and steeper, turns the water inside out and inside outer. Ever dreamed of being otter? That utter underwater thunderbolter, that shimmering twister run to the riverbank otter dreamer slip your skin change your matter pour your outer being into otter and enter now as otter without falter into water Sometimes it takes two speakings of the otter spell to get an otter out onto paper. So, otter enters river without falter, but a supple slider out of halt and into water. The shape shifter is a sheer breath taker and a sure heart stopper, but You'll only ever spot a shadow flutter, a bubble stain, and never, almost never, actual otter. The swift swimmer is a silver miner. With trout it's oar, it bores each black pool. Deep and deeper delves up current, steep and steeper. Turns the water inside out, then inside outer. Ever dreamed of being otter, that utter underwater thunderbolt of that shimmering twister. Run to the riverbank, otter dreamer. Slip your skin, change your matter, pour your outer being into otter. And then enter now as otter without falter into water.
a dancer. Otter is a small god. As if by magic, the otter has appeared on the paper. It is wonderful to see it come from nowhere in that way. Just the strokes of your brush and the black ink. Beth and Jackie, thank you so much for being with us today, for sharing your wonderful music, your beautiful painting and your conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Jackie Morris and Beth Porter in Pembrokeshire. Well, if you've enjoyed this episode, I know you'll love the other episodes of Folk on Foot, featuring the Spell Songs artists Corrine Polwart and Kerry Andrew. In season three, you can also hear the Unthanks, Lisa Knapp and Martin Simpson. And if you want to be the first to hear the latest news about Folk on Foot, just sign up for our newsletter at folkonfoot.com. And please rate and review us so others can find us and spread the word about Folk on Foot. Thanks for listening. 